Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. And if you're just joining us, this is the show for men by men talking about man stuff, talking to men about today. We're talking about family worship, which sounds really exciting to a bunch of guys. They think, I no, thank you. Family worship is me strumming a guitar and us singing Kumbaya. And uh, we're, we're <laughs> there is certain it's probably counterintuitive to a lot of guys. But uh, I can tell you it's something if you want to teach your kids to walk with God, it's almost a. Uh, once you start it, you cannot imagine living without it. And we're talking to Don Whitney, uh, professor of biblical spirituality at Southern Seminary. And Don has written a book on family worship. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about this because I, I probably, if you would have asked me, Don, years ago, did I have family worship? And uh, growing up on a farm in central Illinois, and I would have said, um, uh, no, I don't think so. But as you're describing this and in your book, uh, my mom and dad modeled this beautifully, <laughs> and mm. I, I am forever grateful that my dad and my mom would read the Bible, and we read the Bible together as a family. We had devotions almost every morning uh, together. But you, you were telling a story about your daughter in, this, in the context of these elements of, of reading the Scripture, you know, prayer, and praying together as a family, and then singing. But you were talking about reading Describe yeah. what, describe what was happening there. Yeah, one of the best things that, that we ever did as it relates to reading the Bible happened. Uh, she was pretty young, and every night we would usually read from two segments. We would, you know, a lot of Christians read from a chapter of Proverbs that corresponds with the day of the month. So on the seventeenth of the month, you read Proverbs chapter seventeen and so forth. And we incorporated that early on. We would read at least a part of a chapter. Of Proverbs that went with the day of the month, and we would read then from another passage in the Bible. Well, uh, I would start saying to her uh, when we would read the Proverbs, I want you to pick one verse for you to explain to me, and I want you to pick one verse for uh, me to explain to you. Well, that dramatically improved her listening. She had to pick two verses, one that she thought she understood to explain to me, and often she didn't understand it correctly, which only gave me a chance to, you know, to teach her what it did mean. But also it prompted her interest to say, what does that verse mean? And so she would ask me. So it gave me another opportunity to teach the Word of God uh, about a verse that she at least expressed some interest in. So I would commend that to your listeners. Uh, to do something that 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 uh, increases their listening by giving them some responsibility to find something uh, in the text, some fact, have them listen for something uh, from the reading. Yeah, something that I've done over the years, Don, is I say what what little word or even phrase or even a whole, or a whole verse that God is is just whispering in your ear about, and and we've done that, and I, I think that's a great example of you know. Whatever day of the month it is, that's that's the proverb that you read that day, or at least mm-hmm. part part of it. I, I think that's a great suggestion. Um, and then Don, you know, I, I can hear maybe some dads who are listening right now, and they're like, "Yeah, but y- y- yeah, you're a professor and and or you're a pastor, and you've been trained on how to answer those those questions at the kid. Well, how am I supposed to? I don't know anything about the Bible. How how do you help? How do we help those guys?" Well, they almost certainly know more than their kids do, uh, for starters. Um, second, uh, that's their responsibility as spiritual leaders in the home. If it's a question that their kids are sincerely asking, it's, it's their job in teaching their family and being the spiritual leaders to find out 
And so that's one of the ways God will will prompt them to be spiritual leaders and to take the initiative to not leave all the teaching of the Word of God to uh, the, the people at the church. Uh, and third, a good study Bible can help at this point um, without investing a lot of money in commentaries. Just a good, uh, just a, a good study Bible. The ESV Study Bible, MacArthur Study Bible, uh, the NIV Study Bible. All those have good, reliable notes. Yes. Yeah, and I would say too when when somebody asks me a question, I think it's perfectly fine to say I don't know. Yeah, but I think we can find out. Yep, and we can get some answers, and yes. we can do a little research on our own, a little study on our own, and we can come back to our kids and be able to explain to them, hey, this is this is what I've been reading. Uh, Don, you, you mentioned uh, reading the scriptures. And uh, especially the narrative patch- passages when, you know, that's the stories of the Bible. You know, Daniel and the lion's den, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going to the fiery furnace, David and Goliath, all those, you know, passages that are really full of life. And I mean, I, when I read the Bible, I'm just amazed that people could call this boring. Yeah. Um, but let's shift over t- now to... Um, uh, the the whole concept of praying together as as within family worship, w- what does that look like? Well, whether it's offered by the father only or someone he designates or everybody uh, prays, you want to be sure and pray uh, together. Uh, some will take prayer requests each night. Some keep a prayer list, but uh, the single most important thing I would say is this: have uh, your family pray about one thing suggested by the passage that you have read. Mm-hmm. In other words, let's say you're reading John chapter 3. Then you say, uh, you know, about Nicodemus being born again and so forth. And then we say, all right, who do we know who needs to be born again? The next night, John chapter yes. 4, the woman at the well, you might say something like, who's a woman we know who needs to meet Jesus? Because apart from this, the prayers will end up being the same old things about the same old things every time. And frankly, that gets boring pretty fast. And when prayer is boring, people don't feel like praying. If they don't feel like praying, then they don't pray. They really, you know, find it hard to pray. There's a simple solution to make it a different prayer every night, and that is pray about at least one thing that you read in the Bible. So that not only gives variety to the prayers every night, but that also teaches the family, get your prayers from the Bible. That's, that's good stuff. So, okay, so give us an example of uh, the book of Proverbs. Uh, today is the 17th, so if you go to Proverbs 17, um, uh, I'm looking at verse 22, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Yeah. Um, Give us how how uh, just just give us a uh, an example of how to pray that prayer. Yeah, uh, the parent might confess they've not had a cheerful heart today because it was raining outside. <laughs> uh, they might ask God to give us all cheerful hearts, or who in our family really uh, needs a cheerful heart, or. Uh, who do we know who has a crushed spirit? Mm. Uh, maybe know, know someone who's, who's grieving, and we, we pray for them. Maybe even we think internationally. We think of persecuted Christians. There are Christians right now who are in prison cells uh, for their faith, and their spirits may be crushed. Let's, how can we pray for them? 
So just about, I mean, and you're looking at one verse. I mean, we're typically going to pray, you know, you know we're going to read a whole chapter uh, of the Bible, or at least the, you know, more than one verse. So there's usually plenty of ideas. But I, I would suggest that you do what you just did. Say, we read Proverbs 17. Why don't we find something to pray about in this verse? And you might throw it to them first, and typically they'll say, I don't know. And uh, you know, then you say, all right, who do we know? Who needs a cheerful heart? Who do we know who is crushed in spirit? Mm, that's good stuff. Okay, so g- give us an example uh, as well to turn that. Uh, you're reading uh, the story of David and Goliath, mm-hmm. and it's a story where, you know, we, we all know the story of how David kills this giant man, and it's a fascinating story. How do you, how do you turn that into a prayer? Well, you know, that's the classic story that people often uh, misuse about killing giants in their lives and so forth. So uh, one simple principle is is to how can we see Jesus in this particular passage? That helps us, uh, speaking to the adults now, helps us see the Bible Christocentrically. Seeing Jesus is central throughout the Bible, which Jesus teaches us to do in Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, remember, we mm-hmm. went through the Old Testament, showed how it all pointed to him. So that's, that's one of our principles of interpreting the Bible, is to see it Christocentrically. So, in that case, we know that David, you know, is, is, a, is a picture of Christ there, and we might talk about how David, uh, uh, I mean, how, how Jesus slew the great giant uh, of uh, Satan, and our sin on the cross, and, you know, to thank him for that, that Jesus is ultimately the giant killer, and uh, we, you know, we need Jesus. Thank him for what Jesus did in our lives that was impossible to bring us to God. But in some way, try to point that, you know, point that to Christ, so that we don't just teach morals to our children, we don't just uh, get principles from the Bible, but that we actually teach good, sound, biblical theology, that we point them to Christ, and don't just see the Bible as a collection of principles or or morals, and thereby turn our children into little Pharisees. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay, I'm, I'm assuming we can, we can say, hey, let's, let's pray about the courage that David had, but how yes. did, but how did he get that courage? Yes. And, and because of his walk with the Almighty. Yes. And his relationship. And it comes through, you know, we related to Jesus somehow. We asked Jesus to give us this kind of courage. Yes. Uh, we, we don't want to separate it, you know, from, from Christ and the gospel. Yes. But, yeah, I think you're exactly right. We can talk about courage from that passage, but as you said, where did he get that? And we, then we moved that to Jesus. Mm, that's good stuff. That is rich. We're going, to take, we're going to take a break, and if you can believe it, we've been through three segments already. We're going to come back with our final segment and talk about the kind of the final of the. There's three elements in this book called Family Worship, and Don, they can get a copy of this book on your website, biblicalspirituality.org. Is that correct? That is correct, or through Amazon or their regular Christian bookstore or anywhere where they get books. And this is a book that's pretty readable because it's not a huge, uh, I mean, you know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty. Yeah, 80 pages, yeah. Yep. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with uh, Don Whitney on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell and Kurt Souter. Kurt is with uh, 
Further Still Ministries, and you can visit furtherstillministries.org, and you can listen to this show in its entirety on Facebook, on SoundCloud, if you type in Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors, Carol Rogers, Carpet One, and LNN Credit Union for sponsoring the show. And uh, we're talking with Don Whitney of Southern Seminary today, and we're talking about family worship. Yeah, family worship. Uh, these three components we've talked about today. The first one was uh, reading scripture, and then in this last segment, Don, we were talking about praying and how do we incorporate that into our family worship. And and now uh, we're going to talk about singing this this last segment. And I know the men are probably listening. Oh, I can't sing. But the Bible has a lot to say about singing. So uh, let's talk about that in, in the context of family worship, Don. Yeah, once again, we draw these elements, read, pray, sing, from the Bible. These are things the Bible says to do in worship. And so since this is what this is, family worship, I believe we have a biblical basis to sing in uh, family worship. So uh, first of all, I'll suggest just a practical step of, of get songbooks for everyone. Um, uh, there are a variety of ways we can do that. I mean, and generally, hymnal songbooks are not that expensive because they produce them in such quantities. Your church may have some old ones in a closet somewhere they'd love to get uh, to get rid of. But uh, or ask someone at your church uh, about that. Now, some people will sing a different song every night. Some will sing the same song every night for a week so they can uh, they can learn it. Some families will use music of some type, maybe some sort of recordings, or they utilize you know family musicians. Most families I know of, though, just sing without any kind of musical accompaniment. Um, but I, I know there are a lot of men who say, I can't sing. I know couples, both of them say, I, I can't sing. Well, I, I mean, singing is you know, required of us in worship. I mean, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. We see in Ephesians 5.18, in Colossians 3.16. And, and the Christian faith is, is, a, is a singing faith. I mean, you, you know, the whole book of Psalms was inspired by God to be, to be sung. So if, if, if there's not a new song in the heart, uh, there is a problem. And uh, someone who doesn't sing in, um, in family worship and may not even sing in the church is being an example to their kids who may, they say, well, I can't sing well either, therefore I don't need to sing uh, in worship anywhere either. So we need to be careful about that example of saying, I'm excused because I can't sing very well. The Lord doesn't require that. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that you sing all four stanzas of A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Uh, I mean, you, you, you can sing a chorus. And, in fact, some nights when we're late or it's, we're tired, we may just sing, uh, just, you know, the just sing Alleluia, or we sing the doxology, uh, just singing one stanza. But I believe there is a biblical basis for singing in the family because there is a biblical basis for singing in the worship of God. It doesn't say length, it doesn't say quality, it doesn't say instruments or anything like that, but some way of, of singing. Well, just real quick, I've got five kids under nine, and there's something about it when you sometimes is Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so, or Jesus loves the little children, and people think, well, that's not really worship. I can tell you what, when a three-year-old starts to sing that by themselves, <laughs> yeah, that means something. So it, you you don't that's have right. to start, with, like you said, with these, you know, whatever it might be, start somewhere and just build off of it. Absolutely, that's right. And and you don't have to be a, a guitar specialist, and you don't have to be a pianist, and you don't, you know, some great musician. It's just beginning a, a simple um, 
piece of, of worship. Don, have you ever, uh, do you ever just, uh, you know, crank up a Chris Tomlin song or, uh, you know, a, a hymn that's uh, recorded and you just put it on the, on your bows or whatever sound system you got in the house? And uh, is it, can, can, can guys do that? Is that legitimate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you sing along with recorded music. Um, you know, a lot of families will do that. Um, but, you know, that's one more step that can get in the way of doing it. And so if it, if it helps, great. Whatever it takes, if it helps to have uh, a child who plays the piano, to have them go over and play the piano, find the song and so forth, then great. Most families I know sing without any musical accompaniment whatsoever. And um, uh, I, I would suggest trying to find that song before you start so you don't sort of break up the, the flow of things while every you're looking for a song and, no, I don't want to sing that one. Well, how about this one? <laughs> and, uh, you know, get that set up from the beginning. But just, it can be just so simple. Any, any, any family can do this. And, you know, and I, we haven't mentioned this, but generally I, I would say about 10 minutes for most families. And if they have very young children, well, you're talking about something even even more brief. So we're talking maybe 10 minutes. We're talking no preparation. We're talking something that doesn't require specialized knowledge of the Bible or any level of spiritual maturity. I believe God would have every family honor him in worship, that it's doable by every Christian family, whether it's just a husband and wife or they have a large number of children at home. So what you're saying, Don, in in a, in a matter of 10 minutes, you can read a portion of Scripture, you can have a time of prayer, and you can have a song or two and, and bring completion to it. Yeah, exactly. Now, you may want to add to that in terms of maybe you want to read a Christian book's uh, while you're together as a family, you might want to add to that even the reading of, of other books. You know, this is when we read the Little House on the Prairie series uh, with with our daughter, along with, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia and so forth. This is when uh, often we would catechize. Uh, but, you know, if time doesn't permit, we we don't do those things. But while the family is already together, it's often easy to add you know, story time in there, whether they're Christian books or, or something else. But uh, at the very least, I would suggest read, pray, Thing. Mm. And there were a few times when, you know, we came in very late, everybody was exhausted, and, and so we just, my wife and I would, would pray at my daughter's bedside, and sometimes she was even uh, already asleep. But at the very least, I would shoot for read, pray, sing, maybe 10 minutes. Mm. You can good. always, if it's going well and they're asking questions, you can always extend the time. But you don't want to be tedious. So don't make it too long. Keep it, keep it alive. Keep it fresh. Don, you, you yeah. shared a story in the break about your daughter. Share that with yeah. our share with that with our listeners. Yeah, my daughter graduated from a, a classical Christian school here in the area, and they have a tradition where the parents present the diploma to their child, and as they do, they um, give some words of encouragement and, and, and so forth, maybe recall some memories, and then the graduate in turn reads some prepared remarks to uh, the parents. Well, when our daughter graduated, she. Um, read some words to my wife and thanked her and what she meant to her. And then she turned to me and she began to uh, thank me for my spiritual leadership in the home. I I, I know this because she gave me the manuscript uh, afterward. Mm. And she started talking about family worship and thanking me for leadership and family worship. But she couldn't finish. She got choked up and she came over and fell on my shoulder, cap and gown, and wept harder, literally, than I had ever seen her since she was a preschooler. And someone took a picture of that 
Uh, you can see it on my blog at biblicalspirituality.org if you find that post. Mm. It's called Family Worship and the Day I Made My Daughter Cry. And that's my favorite picture of us. Now, lest anyone get the wrong idea, what I, what, the point I want to make of that is in the thousands of nights that led up to that moment, mm-hmm. not once would I have walked away saying, Oh, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon our family tonight. Uh, you know, the, the, the Spirit of God was almost atmospheric in our presence. And Flames that, that of fire never came happened one time. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea of what family worship is like in our home. That that she always sat with her hands in her in her lap with rapt attention to the Word of God. You know, it never happened. I mean, family worship is real families in the real family room. You know, three year olds roll around on the floor. And to this day, to this day, my married daughter, now about to have her own child, when, when we're together and I lead family worship, to this day, you know what it's like? It's like this. Hey, hey would, would you all listen? I'm trying to read the Bible here. Uh, <laughs> put, put your phone down, please. Put your phone down and, 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 and listen. That's the way it always was. That's the way it always is. And there were many times, I would say most of the time, when it was over, I would say, Boy, there was, you know, nothing came out of that. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea that there was this great sense of the presence of God. But what I want to finish with is to say, you faithfully do that night after night when there's no sense that God is doing anything. When you're not sure they heard anything you said, you do that night after night. And you may see you know, what what we were privileged to see there. And you know what? Even mm. if they're 15 months old, they don't know a word you're saying. They're learning something. You know what they're learning? They're learning. I don't know what it is we do here every night, but it must be important it's because important. we do it every night. Uh-huh. And they grow up not knowing anything, but that's normal. That's good. That's right. That's uh, Don, um, I, I'm telling you, it is... That is fantastic. It's it's the accumulative effect, and what I'm 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 bummed now because we got to say goodbye because uh, the show is we got to wrap it up here, and uh, it has been an absolute treat to have you, and uh, we're looking forward to having you come back, and uh, I just we want to yeah, next week we're gonna unpack another concept of uh, a passionate thing on your heart. But what I'd like to have you do right now is pray for our men, pray for our listeners just real quickly that we would be the men of courage and step up and lead our families in family worship. Would you pray for us? I certainly will. Lord, thank you for the discussion uh, with these men, and I pray that you would do far beyond what we could have imagined mm-hmm. with these words. We don't know where they will be heard, who will listen to them, when they will be heard. But I pray, Lord, you would take these, these simple words and use them to encourage men to be spiritual leaders in their homes, to encourage family members to support that as their husband, as their father longs to bring the blessing of God down upon them. I pray for men who perhaps don't even know what to say, but will 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 just say to their family, uh, I, I want to lead you in the worship of God. We'll, I've got a lot to learn, and, and will you follow me? So uh, I, I pray that there would indeed be uh, much lasting fruit uh, that, that leads to the salvation of people and brings many into your kingdom. Lord, let men be encouraged that they can do this, help them to persevere, help them to be faithful. And I ask this in Jesus' name and for your glory.
Amen. 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 That's Don Whitney. You can catch his book, Family Worship, on biblicalspirituality.org. We're going to post that on our Facebook page, a link to that. Pass this show on to another man in your life, a husband, a father, someone you know who needs to hear this to be encouraged and to get an idea and challenge them. Hey, start today doing family worship. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio. We're going to have Don Whitney on back next week talking about praying the Bible and, uh, and emphasizing more about family worship here on Solid Steps Radio. 